sorry for the delay, but hello and welcome to episode 302 of the AFK podcast for the week of July 11th. I am your host, Whitney, and this is the PC Gaming Podcast from gamers like you. Joining me this week is Logan. Hello. Hi. And that's it. It's just the two of us. Um, Unfortunately, last minute, Flynn's son is having his first basketball tournament tonight. And of course, you know, he wanted to go and support his son. And so I think it's awesome. Go. I hope they have a great game. Uh... I guess we're just going to kind of dive into what we've done this week, huh? This week's going to be so chaotic, this episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be raw. Oh, oh, I feel like we're that's both so call- underprepared. Oh, we'll call it. That's the name of the podcast, AFK Raw. <laughs> I like it. Um, so this week, I didn't really do much in terms of gaming. I like every week I've played a little bit of Legends of Runeterra. I did dive into Middle Earth Shadow of War. I think I was calling it Shadow of Mordor before in the channel, but uh, yeah, I've dive, dove into that a little bit. I've been enjoying it. I kind of like the sneaking around aspect. I've always enjoyed those kinds of games. Did you do Did you do the Mordor first? No, no. Um, Shadow of War was on sale and I was like, the reviews are pretty good and I was like, oh, well, I I'm a huge um, Lord of the Rings, like Middle Earth nerd. So I was like, oh, yeah, well, I'll give it a try. But I need to dive back into Near Replicant. I've been kind of slacking on that. So maybe during this break, I'll actually finish that up. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. What about you? Uh, well, uh, when did it come out? I don't know the exact date, but Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance came out. And it was part of Xbox Ultimate Game Pass, so I can get it uh, day one release on PC. So I downloaded it, played it, and absolutely despised it. It's complete and utter trash. It is terrible. Absolutely terrible, terrible, terrible. And, I mean, I'm not being literal or figurative. I'm, or no, I'm not being literal. I'm just being a bit figurative. So the game allows you to play one of four classes. So it's a little bit of a throwback to the original where... You didn't create your own character. You just played one of the four classes. But what they did is they they made this based off of the Companions of the Hall. So this is the Driz, uh, Forgotten Realm series. So Drizzt, Brunor, Cadibree, and, and Wolfgar. So you've actually got your four uh, character classes where Drizzt is more of like... Uh, I don't, actually, you know what? I don't even know how to describe it. Brunor is your um, tank or fighter. Wolfgar is your tank. And Caddy Breeze, your archer, and then Driz is just sort of like a hybrid of, of in between. But those are four quite iconic characters. And so I've. They have their own personalities, they have their own stories, they have their own history. So there's nothing that you do with them that. It's just so weird. Like, I don't want to play someone else, I want to play as myself. Anyways, I played it for a couple hours as Wolfgar, and I found the gameplay mediocre. Uh, the loot mediocre, uh, the even just the graphics were, were mediocre for this day and age. And I was really, really, really looking forward to this because there have been two Baldur's Gate's Dark Alliance uh, prior to this, um, both on PlayStation exclusive. So I think the original Dark Alliance came out in 2001 on PlayStation 2. Uh, and then uh, Dark Alliance 2 came out uh, a few years later. I'm not if it's like two or three years. But I remember that my wife and I played co-op through Dark Alliance 2, and it was just a great, 
great co-op experience. But then I said, you know what? Well, why don't I go back and, and try that again? So the original Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance was actually re-released on Xbox. So I'm like, sure, let's let's give it a go. It's a 2001 game that I'm now playing on my Xbox One uh, X or Series X or whatever I've got back there. And I gotta say, it's it's a better gaming experience and a better game than the Dark Alliance 2021 version. And that's crazy to say. The graphics are worse, um, but the gameplay itself is is quite quite the same. It's just laid out better. Um, I was playing a different character. I played the sorcerer, and so I found the spells and the combat of a sorcerer that had just more engaging, more fun. There's no other way to describe it. It's just fun. It's mm -hmm. not an action game like Batman where you know you, you're stringing together your combos and you actually feel like you're part of the action. But it's and it's not a Diablo game where you know you're you're going against the hordes. Like I die a lot and very quickly in this if I'm not you know running and gunning you know, doing the whole backup shoot, backup shoot, backup shoot kind of thing. But for the most part, it didn't get that tedious. It's only tedious now that I'm in the end game. Um, I've done a, a huge, absolutely insane amount of save scrumming uh, the last two to three days, just trying to get proper gear for the end boss. And that's really the, the worst of it. There's been a couple levels that I haven't liked um, just on the level design themselves, but but it's just such a different experience and it's I found it way way better if anyone at all out there liked the 2021 version I'd love to hear your thoughts and experiences with it the reviews I've read are very decisive divisive uh, divisive um, I think PC divisive? gamer I, I don't even know yeah one of them liked it and one of them hated it uh, and that's that's the way I felt like I was looking forward to it I, now that after I do all this talking I might go back select a different character on the 2021 version someone that's more spell orientated rather than you know your swinging version but i found that there was a story with the 2001 version uh you had cutscenes that were applicable and the 2021 version doesn't seem to have any kind of story at all like i started it and i'm like i don't know what i'm doing you just start and you're in the central hub and then it says pick a spot on the map and you go to that spot and then you wipe out the map and then you're back in the central hub and you're like all right pick another spot on there and then you go and I'm like, am I missing a portion of the game? Like, should there not be cutscenes and a story and some sort of narrative around what I'm doing? Because quite honestly, there was, I got absolutely none of it. That so, is kind of weird to me that there's really no story. It's... Yeah. Like, I'm like, is it just a game that was completely and utterly designed for co-op only? And that's the entire fun of it is just go in, play with your friends, wipe out a map, and that's it. Maybe. Maybe that's supposed to be the lure of it, so. Maybe, but then I feel like that's not going to be a game that's really going to last. Like, you're going to play it with your friends maybe two times or so and then just call it a day because there's really not much to it. And for me, one of the things, like, I need a good story in a game. If you can't capture me with a story, like, the early stages of the game, then I kind of lose interest really, really quick. Graphics, I can kind of forgive. Gameplay, maybe, depending. If it's, like, I, I don't know. I feel like Bioshock 2 had a... Um, a downplay with its uh, gameplay. but I felt... 
I felt, and it's it's very similar. So you said, um, shoot, what was the first game you said that you were playing again before you went on to Near Replicant? Uh, Shadow of War. Okay. Yeah. So I felt that much like Bioshock Two, Shadow of War, both of those are to me very literally just an extension of the first games. Like I felt it was all the same mechanics, very similar continued storyline, and and nothing more other than exactly more of the same. I haven't played any of the other Middle Earth games, so I can't compare um, any of the other ones. This is kind of the first one I'm jumping into. And like it's fun, but I don't know if I'll ever actually reach Endgame. I hope to. I love like Middle Earth games, but I know it's not really like a heavy lore based like set in the lore. So there was some quite interesting lore based stuff in the first one, which I thought talking about the creation of the rings. So I don't know maybe that that's enough to get you to go back and, and give it a look because I thought that they did a pretty good job of it. The game itself in the first one, though, it did get a bit repetitive, and it, it's the same thing I'm experiencing now with, with Dark Alliance, is that, okay, I've done so much of this now, so I've done like 12, 16 hours of the same thing, same kind of battle mechanics, now I'm just going to beeline right to the end game. And mm -hmm. that's what happened with Shadow of War as well, or uh, Shadow of Mordor, is it got so repetitive, like it was still fun, but there came a point that I'm like, mm, I'm kind of done, so now it's time just to hit the end game. Yeah. So that's been it? That's all you've played? Baldur's Gate? Yeah. Oh, that makes that's me it. sad, because I, I always expect with Baldur's Gate there should be a good story. I've never played much of the games, unfortunately. I need to one day, though. At least maybe the older oh, ones. Oh, I did keep saying 2001, and it was actually 2004, I see. Oh, 2004? Oh. Yeah. I'm going to give a quick shout-out to Jerry Gamer. Hey, Welcome. Dark Soldier, always good to see you, and Cash by Johnny Cash. So I guess we're just going to dive into the news now. And let's see, I, I am so underprepared. I have not read, it, read any of this, unfortunately. I don't know, the day got right. away from me, so you're going to have to kind of help me out here. Ubisoft, D-List, Might and Magic 10. So... Corporations do the dumbest shit to save a single dollar. It blows my mind. Um, Ubisoft released a patch uh, way back. So this was, I don't even know, on June. No, not even on June. This was back in May. Uh, come on, article. Where are you? Uh, shut down on June 1st. Yeah, but there is a patch before. In April. So oh. back in April, um, they released a patch that uh, tried to disable the game's strict DRM. But what happened was it actually left the game completely unplayable. But what happened between April and June 1st is the game was completely unplayable, but still listed on Steam. So people were still buying it. Well, only a few people, obviously, because it's a, it's a very old game. It's like seven years old. But that just blows my mind. So I'm like, really? So, like, people were on the. I think you could play like the first act, and you couldn't play anything past that. And so, rather than actually fix their shit, for one, all the new players, and two, the your historical players that might want to go back and replay the game, they just delisted the game and said, "Yeah, we're done. That's it. Washed our hands of it." And there's so no plans they, to bring it to list it back, 
Like they're they not fixing it? They said they're working on fixes. Well, here's the exact quote. We are constantly assessing what's needed to deliver the best possible experience for our players. On June 1st, we shut down various services on PC, including Might & Magic 10 Legacy, as they could no longer meet our security standards. During that process, we unfortunately encountered unexpected issues with this title, preventing new and recur returning players uh, to access the game and its DLC. We're currently investigating all available options and we'll keep players informed as we can share more. In the meantime, we've just made the decision to remove Might and Magic, uh, mm -hmm. Might and Magic 10 Legacy from sale until further notice. That to me is not, we are working on a fix. All available options is, yeah, we're done. You yeah, I, mean? like, I have to. I have an to... option is just we're not going to fix it. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I feel like anybody that's bought this should definitely, in my opinion, get a refund because that's. I, I don't know. When was this released? Twenty fourteen. Oh, so okay. It so it is an older. Okay. 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 Yeah. Now, or, or I, roll I the game everything. back, or roll the game back. I don't know yeah. why they can't roll the game back. I, I balance my my hatred of what they've done with the with the knowledge that um, they. My understanding is they were trying to remove the DRM. So props for that. Yay, good job. But you're still done fucked up. So <laughs> fix your shit. Mm-hmm. So I really hope that they uh, get it fixed, though. I really do. Oh, I agree. Nexus mods shoot for easier mod making, but creators push back. I found this so weird. I don't understand. So what's happening is Mod Nexus, which is a huge, huge mod database, like hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of players have gone there, downloaded mods for any untold number of games, right? I've used it for literally years, years and years and years. Um, like most things, they're trying to figure out a way to uh, turn a dollar, um, maybe a little bit more than what they have. Because, you know, to be to be fair, um, you know, hosting this stuff on servers does cost money. So they do have ads on their site and they do offer a premium service that players can buy into, which gets you faster downloads. Um, and they have gotten in the habit of, or started the business process of paying modders as well, based upon number of downloads. So check, 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 all good things. So what they're doing now is they're saying, hey, we're, we want to make the end user experience more seamless. And Skyrim is a fantastic example of this. Mm -hmm. It's very, very easy to to clobber and break stuff the more mods you add if you don't do things in, in proper orders. Um, so you could have like 10 mods, they might all work together, but they only work together if you install them in a specific order. So in order to facilitate that experience for the end user, ModDB is gonna be like, okay, you know what? When you, when you upload something to us, we're gonna keep it forever. And they have this new tool, which is, uh, they call it ModNexus, ModNexus no, um, it starts with V. Come on now. Dun, 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 dun. It was something they just came out with not too long ago. 
Vortex. Is Vortex it? Odd Vortex? Yes, a delivery system called Vortex. Thanks. Um, and so with this mod delivery system, they will on their end make sure that the mods are installed in the correct order uh, to help facilitate a more positive end user experience. And I'm thinking that's great. But from a mod creator standpoint, they are telling me that if I hand over my mod to them now, they're going to store it forever. And that does remove a bit of control from me because if I'm a young, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Immature individual, and I create a mod that perhaps is in poor taste, um, you know, think of some of the graphical mods that have been put into Skyrim. Uh, comedic ones such as Macho Man Randy Savage in terms of dragons or uh, Thomas the Train. Oh but yeah, I remember have... the brony mods. The yeah. They make them into the little mighty little ponies. Exactly. So you could also imagine that there could be a lot of mods out there which do things that are in exceedingly poor taste in, the, in a similar manner. So maybe I do something as a very young 13-year-old immature idiot, put it up on Mod Nexus. By the time I mature, when I'm 17 or 18, I'm like, you know what? I need to clean up my shit because that should never have been created, should never have been released. I'm screwed now. That's there forever with my name on it. Maybe not my exact name, might be just an online handle, but we all know that the internet, it's very easy for some of these internet people to, to put two and two together and figure out uh, IRL, what your stuff is that you did online. So I can understand that there's a bit of hesitancy in the mod community to allow stuff to sit there forever. Obviously, I'm using a... a a very exaggerated example. Um, but other than those sorts of examples, I can't understand the big pushback. So if someone wants to let me know another kind of example, why? Yeah. But so it's it's a lot. I, I, I term this more or less growing pains. It's the next evolution of mods where the modders are going to give up control, but then the end user experience is going to be that much better. And I am way more an end user than a mod creator. So... I'm completely biased here, and I would like to have a better end-user experience than worry about mod creators having things stored in, a, uh, you know, in all perpetuity. I think in a in a in a way though, because it, it, it's the internet. Um, even if you did it for another game, let's take Final Fantasy XIV for example, because there's mods for that game. Um, like that online handle and whatnot, that's always going to be out there on the internet, even though it's not hosted on anything like Vortex. I'm one of those people, I don't mess with mods, like, because I'm so scared of messing up, my, messing up my computer. I have enough issues with it. Um, so mods and things like that are way outside of my knowledge realm. But... Yeah. I mean, like, here's a quote from one mod creator. Nexus should have stayed what it was. A damn good place for sharing new concepts, ideas, art, and different forms. And of course, mods, where the creators themselves decide what happens to their work. And I agree with what they're saying there. Mm -hmm. But I think what's really happening here is that people, it's being laid bare for these people that the internet is infinite. So if you upload something to the internet, there's a very good chance it will always be there. And I don't just mean literally always be in the site in the form you uploaded it. But somebody can always grab a copy of it and upload it again to the exact place you did or other places. I mean, that's the entire concept behind the, behind the Streisand effect, whereby somebody wants something removed from the internet, it just ends up amplifying it instead because mm -hmm. the, the internet's forever. 
right? Stuff you do online stays there, has the potential to stay there forever. And this is just laying that bare saying, yeah, we're just being upfront about it this time though. I don't have an opinion though, as to if it's good or bad or what they should do or shouldn't do. Like I said, I'm an end user and I just, I just want it to work easy for me. Yeah, I, I'm the same way, which is why I don't generally mess with mods, but I do think the idea of like turning your dragons into ponies or tank engines is pretty <laughs> hilarious. Um, oh, I'm, I'm a huge, huge proponent for mods. Oh, you are? Um, oh, absolutely. I, any game that's like 10 years plus, the very first thing I do is start looking for mods, uh, whether that be to, you know, um, smooth out gameplay, uh, bugs or whatnot. But things like um, oh, what, what Knights of the Old Republic, one of the original Star Wars games, love to go. Uh, would love to go replay that. Very first thing I'll do is start looking for mods for it, um, because I know that some of the um, some of the quests on that game were actually dropped, and those quests have been um, unburied and and completed through mods and things like that. That that just make the game so much better. Graphical mods, hundred and ten percent. All the time I'm looking for better graphics because, you know, 10, 15 year old games do not age well. No, that's so true. That is definitely true. Yep. TIE uh, Fighter oh. Total Conversion Mod. Uh, speaking of mods. Speaking of mods. I mean, this is such a great example right into it. Um, you go back. TIE Fighter was one of the greatest Star Wars games of all time. And it's an amazing um uh, uh, fighter game as well, but it's from 1994. This I oh. I tried to replay this, and I tried to replay the original Wing Commander games. No, they are trash. It is so hard to play these games um, in their original form. So this uh, this mod is all new graphics, widescreen support, new missions, like so much more. It makes the game replayable again. Um, you know, and if you look at some of the screenshots that are attached to it, it the game looks oh yeah, it looks old, but it does not look nineteen ninety four old. You're like, yeah, I'd play that. I'd give that a go. No, I agree. Like, like, like and the about space, that? Yeah. the space scenery is really really pretty. And if I'm gonna play a game like this, then I want my space like if I'm gonna look at space, you know, I want it to look really really nice. The rest I can really forgive. Like, I think that looks fine. I think that looks good. Totally. Um, now, I don't know if this literally ties in with our previous article or not, but this is actually on the mod DB. So not on um, uh, Nexus mods, it's on mod DB if people want to go look for it. I might try to give this a go over the next week. To be honest, though, after I put this on um, on our show notes, I forgot about it. But yeah. Oh, there's also uh, VR support for it too. Crazy. Ooh, that's a game I would love to play on VR, but I don't think I'll ever play VR because unless you have a, a VR headset, but you don't wear glasses. So that's kind of my concern. And I don't really wear contacts. And I feel like if I wore contacts and I had that screen, it would make me sick. Yep, 110%. I used to wear glasses. Uh, then contacts, then I got surgery. But I remember quite well the the pain and frustration of wearing glasses with things like VR headsets, ski goggles, stuff like that. And it's, yeah, 
like riding a roller coaster but I'm one of those people I fall asleep with my glasses on <laughs> I really shouldn't <laughs> but I do nice. yeah I fall asleep with the tv on and or reading and whatnot and yeah I always forget to take them off don't you don't you crush your glasses like roll over and just smash them um some nights like I'll take them off depending like if I'm sleeping and I'm like oh it's pressing into my nose really hard then like I'll slip them off and I'll usually find them somewhere in the bed or on the nightstand but uh crazy yeah yeah I like and then I like being able to wake up and seeing things as opposed to like Velma wearing my glasses <laughs> nice yeah I remember that you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't see anything until you get your glasses first mm-hmm yeah it's such a pain oh, one day I want LASIK so here is where I'm gonna be completely lost uh Assassin's Creed Infinity has been revealed and I have no idea what any of this means. I tried reading it and I don't even know like and I know you're reading it. Did you figure oh, it out? Is, I have no idea what this is. Um maybe Jerry so Jerry knows. Yes, we'll wait for Jerry to tell us. <laughs> so uh, and Assassin's Creed Infinity. This change means we're also evolving along with the video game industry. This is this is a quote from the article on Blues News. Um, who said it? Who said it? Uh, oh, Ubisoft from Ubisoft. The pandemic and working from home have fundamentally changed the way we produce games, giving us a moment to reflect on our organization. Assassin's Creed was born within the walls of Ubisoft Montreal, and the studio built an incredible foundation for the franchise with the immense skill and creativity of its teams before Ubisoft Quebec then took the lead with Assassin's Creed Syndicate and Odyssey, demonstrating its ability to drive the franchise even further. Oh, it gets even better. Here we go. Rather than continuing to pass the baton from game to game, we profoundly believe this is an opportunity for one of Ubisoft's most beloved franchise to evolve in a more integrated and collaborative manner that's less centered on studios and more focused on talent and leadership, no matter where they are within Ubisoft. Most importantly, Assassin's Creed has always been developed by multicultural teams with various backgrounds and perspectives that have influenced the, the depiction of its characters, locations, and cultures. While we know there's always room for improvement. We believe this new structure allows us to ensure that diversity and representation within our teams continues to grow and match that of our players. And there we go. They said absolutely nothing. Like, that has nothing to do with the game. That's all just talking about restructuring how they produce it. Okay. So they are going to pull a blockchain and decentralize their um, game development. Great. That doesn't mean anything to me at all doesn't tell me anything about the game, how it'll play, what it's going to be centered on, nothing. If anyone knows into anything at all, I'd love to hear about you. I'm looking at the Bloomberg article um, that was linked off of Blues News, and it, it sounds like, it, from what you're saying in this article, like there's a bit of restructuring going on within Ubisoft, and I don't know if that has anything to do with the Me Too allegations that... Uh, the article says has swept through the company over the last year um, mm. but like overall I, at first I kind of thought they were announcing I don't know why but because uh, um, they have the Ubisoft where you play your games from oh what is it called platform I thought they were releasing yeah. a separate platform and I was like no no because they have they already have one so that would not make sense yeah I, I mean just... like 
like Jerry just said, they left Steam a while ago, and they've just been doing their own launcher since. Yeah, I gotta kind of really agree with Jerry Gamer and Ubisoft. Like, there's not really a whole lot of games within Ubisoft that I really like and I play. I enjoy Rainbow Six from time to time, but I'm so terrible that uh, <laughs> I kind of really only want to play with my friends and don't want to talk to anybody because I'm like so bad. But I, I feel like if that was the case and it's restructuring within the company because of any allegations or anything, within the announcement, they need to make it clear. Um, because it, it's vague and maybe it's just enough time has gone by. I don't know because I haven't really heard any other Ubisoft I'm going to guess Creed this news. is going to be an MMO. I, I'm, I'm guessing MMO. Um, Jason Schreier, the, uh, the, the person that wrote the Bloomberg article, uh, wrote this. The future of the Assassin's Creed is live service. Ubisoft Montreal and Quebec have teamed up for Assassin's Creed Infinity, a huge platform planned to have multiple settings. So I would guess that it will be you'll be able to jump into different time periods, uh, okay. but play in those time periods quasi-MMO. And I'm just shooting, like pulling this straight off the top of my head, so who knows? Oh, okay. Maybe it's just because I've just been so out of the loop with any Assassin's Creed news that I just, or I don't know, there's just a lot going on. I have no idea, and it's just it's not really clear between the announcement, the Bloomberg article, and Blue's news. It, yep. Yeah, I just read another one from Inverse, and I'm like, meh, I don't know. I actually, I haven't played an Assassin's Creed game since. It must have been Assassin's Creed 3, I think. Like, it's been so long. I really enjoyed it, number three, but... I think the only Assassin's Creed game I've ever played was, like, the first one, and that was during the era of, like, uh, uh, Prince of Persia, or the um, Sands of Time. Oh, Yep, is it Prince of Persia? Okay, like that that whole series, um, like Assassin's Creed, I think came out around then, and I played it about then I from what I remember. But... Assassin's Creed Two was mine. Yeah, but then like, ever be, since I'm then, looking... huh? <laughs> I'm looking at my games list. I'm like, oh, I've got Assassin's Creed Three, Black Flag, Unity, Origins. I've never even installed any of them. Oh, crazy. I I would pick up um, the latest one though, Valhalla or Valhalla. Yeah, Jim was Jim was talking about it as well. He seemed to really enjoy it, but I know he was talking about the choices within the game. Like it kind of forces you. I don't really like that. If you're gonna give me a choice, let me make a damn choice, good or bad. Let me just make the choice. Um, and if you didn't think all that out, well, shame on you. Um, but I guess up next. There's no link for it, but Nintendo announces a warmed over screen switch from different screen. Man, did they just drop the ball? I don't, I don't understand what they're doing from a corporate point of view. Everyone expected um, a, a Nintendo Switch Pro, a much better GPU CPU uh, chip to come out with a new um, Switch, but they didn't. All they did was update the screen and I, I honestly, I might be wrong, but I want to say that I don't believe they even addressed uh, the Joy-Con, the, the Joy-Con drift issue. I mm -hmm. don't think that they're even redesigning that. So I don't know what they're doing. I like the new screen. The new OLED's good. They get extra, um, extra life from the battery. Screen much better. I think it's a little bit bigger. And they said, oh yeah, and there's a kicks, uh, kickstand for it too. Great. Ooh. Oh boy. Oops. 
But if you're mainly actually... playing your games, I'm sorry. Yeah, go, go, go. If you're mainly playing your games most of the time through the, the joysticks, I feel like that's kind of a very important component to the Switch. And if you're not going to fix it, I, I don't know. Just, yeah, that's a little annoying to me. Like, totally. I am, um, I would, I would have been uh, a prospective buyer for a Nintendo Switch Pro um, just because I just, I don't, it, it's one of those things that's in my head. I don't know if I'd notice it, don't care, uh, but I just want to make sure that any game I get runs smooth and looks good. So, and do they do that on the current? Sure, but it's not very future facing right now. Oh, I guess there hasn't been an image released yet. I've been trying to find a good article on it. Nintendo Switch OLED. I do want to switch though. Forbes has one. Oh. They're all white and black now. Not all, but the one there is white and black. I'm not seeing the Forbes article. It <laughs> doesn't matter. It oh, sucks it anyways. Oh, it is what it is. That's, that's the best way to put it. One thing I'm excited about, though, Final Fantasy XIV and Walker. The benchmark has been released. I am so excited um, with that. I don't know. I know you don't play Final Fantasy XIV, but I know a lot of people are really hyped for the male Vera. And so that's been released with the, the benchmark. And right now, I saw on Twitter, if you take some screenshots, like you can enter a contest. I don't know what the prize is, but maybe I'll toy around and try that. Oh, it looks so good. I watched the trailer earlier, and I am so excited for the new Astrologian ability. It looks so pretty. Yeah, I've never played ever. I, You know what? I played, and I don't even know if it was the original Final Fantasy games, but that style of game. And I don't mind the style, um, but I just never, never followed it up down the line. Maybe one of these years. It looks good. The trailer looks really good, but... How much of that, uh, you know, lends itself into actual gameplay? I don't know. Well, for me, I've been a long time. I know I've talked a lot about WoW, a long time like player of WoW. And I felt like WoW has kind of lost that joy. And I know Final Fantasy fourteen had a really hard, rocky start. But over the years, they have really stepped it up with each expansion and like Shadowbringers, oh my goodness. Like I was talking about story earlier. I cried. I like, so many emotions were felt during this expansion, but they, they took something that like, is kind of been done over and over and over again with the, like within their games and their series, like the tropes and whatnot. And they've really like flipped things on the, on its head. And I really enjoyed that about Shadowbringers. And what's gonna come next after Endwalker I'm excited for it because as far as I know and I'm aware the main protagonist within Final Fantasy 14 is like the warrior of light as always within Final Fantasy 14 usually um, this is kind of the end of his story so which is kind of weird I feel to have within an MMO because they don't kind of put that sort of story or a main protagonist out there because usually like you can make your own character and whatnot um, but you're, yeah, I don't know. 
kind of rambled there. I'm sorry. Oh, it's all good. Uh, what else? I think that's kind of it for the week. That's it for the news. I think so. Ah, oh, but it was fun though. Yeah, always a good time. Oh, I'm still watching this trailer. I'm sorry. So, what have you been streaming? All right. Oh, well, buckle up. Oh, okay. I'm ready. So what? I've been talking about this for a while. So suits. I've been going back through suits, and I never made it past season six before because I just got too fed up with the bullshit of the stuff in prison. So I'm finally on to season seven. And I'm enjoying it more simply because they brought in not a favorite actor, but an actor that I still enjoyed. Um, I don't even know his actor's name. I just remember his role that he played in the TV series called Psych, which was actually filmed in Vancouver, Canada. And I just absolutely loved that show. I thought it was fantastic. Um, but he's now a recurring character in Suits. And so I'm like, all right, well, let's just see where it's at. I am literally watching these episodes at 1.5 speed now. It's it's like I it's like the video it's exactly like the video game. I've just gotten to the point where I'm like I just need end game. I just need to beeline right to the end game. I just want everything to wrap up. Every um every plot is always the same. It's always about not communicating, not talking to people and doing things without proper communication and then the fallout and then betraying trust and then going and doing gray if not illegal things and then making amends and then that's it come back and do it all over again i'm like oh my god so i just want to see if and how it ends when it all wraps up but if there's no if it's actually i'm looking i have to look right now uh to see if it's over and done if they've wrapped it up it says 2019 was the last time well yeah, i think maybe be... i think maybe because of the pandemic oh yeah because that could have been like their last season and then they could have been filming or something and then the pandemic. So, because I I don't watch Suits or anything like that, but um, I don't recall hearing of a cancellation. I don't either, but I'm just looking at I believe season seven. Nope, there are nine seasons. Nine. I have two more seasons to go. Uh, I'm looking at the title of the last one. One last con. So yes, there is a resolution to it. So I just hope they don't pull a How I Met Your Mother where the final two seasons are just other crap, <laughs> utter crap and blah. But I like the characters. Uh, I still find some level of enjoyment, you know, watching, listening to what they're doing. And, you know, it's, it is what it is. Uh, so what else? We watched the war, the Tomorrow War last night. That is Chris Pratt on Amazon Prime, and uh, it's very mediocre. Uh, Chris Pratt was good in it. It's it's a little bit akin to 1980s action flick, except some of the some of the down parts in the movie are just too down, too slow. They need to keep advancing stuff. And there's huge, huge, huge plot holes. Like, the kind of plot holes that you're like, wait. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna do some spoilers because really, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's just such, ugh. These aliens arrive on Earth, and they start killing, annihilating everyone on Earth. And they're, they do it with 
you know, straight muscle. So they either biting, ripping, killing, or shooting like spears out of their tentacle hands. But they arrived on Earth in a spaceship. So you'd think that an alien that could... Oh, no, never mind. I just answered my own question. They weren't the ones that arrived on Earth. They are actually... Anyways, all right. There we go. Epiphany moment right there live. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so not so many plot holes anymore. I feel a bit better about it. But still, mediocre, not bad. Would never, ever watch it again, ever. Would not suggest anyone else watch it either, unless you just want absolute mind-numbing movie. Um, what else? Oh, Loki. I'm up to episode four. How are you enjoying it? I do. I really, really, really enjoy it. Um, I really like where they took it. And the the nuance of what they did between episode three and four, I thought was very interesting and, and was quite a hook. So I'm very intrigued now. Um, the character Loki with the, uh, what's the one I'm looking for? His his entire history, his backstory, um, all of the, the stuff around him, like Loki is supposed to be um, unisex or not unisex. Um, what's more, androgynous? zero sex he can be whatever he wants he's amorphic there we Intersex? go he's amorphic yeah like he's just amorphic I know. he just I, I say he but loki just is loki just exists yeah he exists in whatever form he wants which is whatever sex he wants mm -hmm. so it's super cool to see him meet himself and be attracted to himself <laughs> yeah i've seen little small spoilers um thank you random google news articles that pop up on my phone <laughs> Just thank yeah. you. Um, and I, I kind of really like that the show is going there. And I I think that works, like, because you know how they have the gender changes within different universes within comics yes. and whatnot? I think when you're working with characters like Loki, it works really well. And you can have a lot of fun with that. And you can have definitely a lot of fun with that with a character like Loki. Like, it just goes hand in hand really well. So I can't yep. wait to watch. Hundred percent. It, it's funny because I definitely enjoyed this more than Falcon and Winter Soldier. I, I agree with a lot of what Jim said last week with Falcon and Winter Soldier being lip service. I'm actually disappointed in Falcon and Winter Soldier because I feel that their story had a could have had a much bigger, broad impact if they wanted to just lay it bare. I feel oh oh I feel very reminiscent of Iron Man two where instead of depicting Tony as a completely um, failing alcoholic, you know, showing his descent uh, complete into alcoholism, they whitewashed it a bit and made it more PTSD, but then I think watered down the PTSD a, a little bit. Yeah, they made him um, a complete wreck and incapable of, of functioning due to the PTSD, but I still think they should have done more because as an alcoholic he was he was actively it take that one scene at the party where he's drunk out of his mind in his armor and make the entire movie similar to that i think is much more so a a, a very destructive a self-destructive alcoholic who hates himself which is why he's an alcoholic and his life and just go with that anyways but that's why i'm liking loki as well because of some of the their, their takes on the canon and how they built that up and their use of the multiverse. I, I think if I compare this to the Tomorrow War, where we're looking at time travel in the Tomorrow War, which is just, 
it's good enough. But I think Loki really did it really well, like really well time traveled. I think Disney in like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they really established time travel really well within that universe. Um, I think something like the Tomorrow War, I haven't watched it, but I feel like I can catch what you're throwing down. Uh, they're just kind of kind of use whatever is the most easiest option to push the story along whereas the Marvel Cinematic Universe has really learned to use that as a tool to tell the story or stories yeah I liked the theory in the Tomorrow War of how they did their time travel just not the execution mm. maybe I'll have to give it a watch I've seen the advertisements for it but I'm just like I think I like it more now that I'm thinking about it and talking about it than I did actually at the time. Um, while there were a few action scenes, I don't feel there was enough. And yeah. I'm gonna let me just spoil the ending, not not the actual ending, but near the ending. And spoiler alert: um, Chris Pratt, they fly to a certain location to do something, and they land at a big ass plane on a glacier. What? And I don't think you can do that. And they didn't tell anyone where they were going or what they were doing, so I have no idea how they took back off again, because you sure as hell are not taking off on a plane from a glacier in, like, 20 feet of snow. So no. that's what I'm talking about with the uh, ground or, or logic-breaking plot holes type stuff that I'm still like, nah. Nah. Mm -hmm. There must be some, t like, they must have some, like, technology to pull that off because I don't know they could have at least made it a um, uh, uh, what's the what's the acronym vertical takeoff and landing a VTOL mm -hmm. a VTOL plan you know that I could have been like sure okay much better yeah it would the concept of them be able to get their hands on that kind of equipment and using that versus the what they actually did yeah I'd much I'd swallow that so much easier yeah really What have you been watching? Sorry, I had to take care of mm -hmm. something in the chat. Um, I haven't really been watching a whole lot. I've been kind of watching some YouTube videos. Um, Lord of the Rings, again, because, you know, I play a Lord of the Rings-based game, and I'm like, oh, I need to go back and watch the movies because, I don't know, I'm just that kind of nerd. So nothing really, a whole lot, nothing exciting. Oh, you were talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier earlier, and there was a, a um, he was talking about the story. I know I was reading before that a lot of the story was based around a virus, and because of the pandemic, they've had to change the story a little bit. And when I went back before and I watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier over again, I could kind of see where... It, they got they kind of chopped it up a bit to eliminate that virus story. Yep. But yeah, that's it for me. Yeah. You need to play more and you need to watch more. I know, I know, but I've been. I need to, like, I need to hop back in and do like Final Fantasy fourteen things. I need to do near replicant. A friend of mine gifted me, um, was it Phasmophobia? I think that's how you say it. Yeah, that's and, correct. 
I need friends to play it with. Cause that I'm, is true. Do you have it? No, it's not my style. It's, let me just bring it up here. Phasmophobia. Um, one of the streamers that I watch uh, just created his character on there um, and has been playing. Oops. But it's not, it's not really my genre, my style of game. Yeah, well, the friend that gifted it to me just likes watching me get spooked, so I think they're trying to get me spooked. Oh, I'm I'm wrong. This isn't what I was thinking of. Phasmophobia. <laughs> yeah, I don't do horror games. Yeah, I generally don't. I scare really easily. It makes her good streaming, though. Yeah, yeah, it does. Especially I'll I'll scream though. I'll totally forget like I have a mic near my face and just just uh, let it out. But no. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he's played this, but it was different than what I thought. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of shows for you to watch. Like, obviously, all the Marvel stuff. Um, have you watched... Are you are you a Star Wars fan at all? Like the older Star Wars. I won't watch any of the newer... Star if you, are you going to recommend the Clone Wars to me? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Because if you're even a mediocre fan... I, I think that that is the Star Wars Clone Wars is some of the best Star Wars story ever told. Maybe I'll check it out. We're going to have a month break here. So I'm going to write everything down too. Cause a lot of the times, like I watch yeah. stuff, but I forget what I watch and like, I'm like, Oh, I want to talk about that. But then I forget about all the little things that I wanted to talk about and like, I enjoy it or disliked and whatnot. Yeah. That, um, and Star Wars Rebels, if you can make it past the first season or two, because they, it is insane how you can actually see the, the, the series maturing as it goes along. And by the time you're hitting like the last couple seasons, for me, I was just so engrossed. I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is the greatest stuff ever. Rebels went from a little kid show, and I mean like a show for like, six to ten year olds mm -hmm. to like like the kind of Shrek show where you're like yeah it's sort of kind of for kids but they're always throwing in like adult jokes and everything and innuendos that the kids won't get but the adults like very similar to that that some of their underlying themes I still remember this one episode and I don't know what it is uh, which season or which episode but I we've spoken about this on an earlier podcast that nothing in Star Wars aside from Rogue Squadron has ever really uh, shown the horrors of war but this one episode actually might even be two episodes just goes wild on it and you're like holy shit and you're like yeah it's a cartoon and yeah it's a kids show but that whole theme and storyline ain't for kids like that is fucked up and it's awesome and when you hit that if you can hit that that season and that episode and you don't like it after that just stop watching because it's not worth it but for me and again this is all just painted for me I was like that's like the turning point. That's like, I'm going to watch this until I get to the very end at that point. Oh, I have to look up which one it was. Star Wars, clones. Um, yeah, so you go ahead while I, while I search this up. Oh, um, I might check it out. Give it a check out. I know where I can watch it. Um... And like most of the time, like YouTube videos kind of work out for me because I'll just put something on just for the noise. 
as I'm working and whatnot. And that's kind of why I love like the Lord of the Rings movies so much because I can just hear what's going on and I can just I know in my head. I'd hate to know how many times I've seen those movies. Carnage of Krull, I believe, is what it is. Come on, season four, episode ten. So maybe even episode nine might might be where it starts. Now you're gonna think, oh, well, four seasons is a long way to get into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think season three is a little bit stale as well. I, I'm, I'm just trying to remember it all. Um, I think season three gets a little bit too political, uh, too much, you know, galactic empire, republic, politic crap. But if you can just muscle past that and get into season four, do it. But you got you to gotta be vested in Star Wars enough to, to make that kind of commitment because that's a lot of commitment. You know, you're looking at... That is know, a lot of commitment. episodes. Yeah, I I'm pretty bad so. at commitment commitment because I said I would watch that Jupiter's Legacy. Is that the show? <laughs> I'm just sad that was canceled now. I thought that had a lot of potential. I'm I still really waiting did. on my Alice in Borderlands too. I think the pandemic has kind of made them sort of evaluate, you know, what they're going to keep production on. Um, or I don't know. I, I don't know. Because Netflix has always been kind of one of those. They'll, they'll pick random things up and they'll become the publisher for it over here in the in the States and whatnot. So I, I don't know. But I'm still waiting on my Alice in Borderlands too. Come on, Netflix. Give it to me. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of good stuff we're waiting on. But yeah. You got, you got a month. So hop to it. I don't know what I'm going to do with them on. I'm going to miss the podcast. Yeah. Oh, I guess we should make people know that, yeah, we're we're out for a month. Uh, our Jim is uh, focusing on family, and he's doing a huge family trip. Mm-hmm. So it won't be until August that we are back. Yes. So oh, I don't think I have a date when he'll be back yet, but I'm sure it'll be announced. But, yep, four yep. weeks. At least we'll be back for my birthday. So, uh-huh. yeah, your birthday is. The I'm 19th. gonna guess August 10th. 19th, close. Okay, you're 10 days after me because I remember you were right around mine. Yeah, we're both pretty close. I think like I think you actually might share a birthday with my dad. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, because his is like the 9th or the 10th. It's one of those two days. I always get confused. It just there's so many birthdays in August. So many people. Lots of Leos. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, as we said, Jim is going to be traveling into the wilderness for four weeks. So after tonight, we're going to be on hiatus for a month. You can find the AF- AFK podcast at the AFKpodcast.net. There you will find our links to our Twitch stream, YouTube, and Discord. Join our Discord for more PC gaming and hardware discussion. I don't know what to say after that, but I will miss you. We will. Uh, wait, what does he say? Um, yeah, for me, for Whitney. Oh, yep. Thank you all. Uh, thanks for everyone in the chat. Jerry Gamer, Dark Soldier. Uh, I'm missing the people up top because I reloaded my chat. Yep, I was going to get with them, oh. but I was like, I know there was something else he says. Thanks, uh, guys. We'll see you in a month. Bye, Cash. Bye, Dark. Bye, Jerry so good of you to stop by 
See you in a month.